Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to our Let's Talk, Let's Learn and Have Fun with Bruce and Friends. I think I'm one of the friends. My name's Corey Ryan, for those who don't know me. Um, I'm the Chief Communications Officer in Leander ISD, and I do realize that these headphones look ridiculous, but they allow me to see and allow me to hear and allow me um, to be able to talk to you all tonight. And we are so excited to bring the Leander ISD leadership team in front of our community. We've asked our teachers the focus of our remote learning plan as we're all dealing with the global pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19 global pandemic. We've asked our teachers as the key cornerstone of our remote learning plan is to connect with students and to try to, to continue those connections that we have in our classroom and providing instruction to meet the individual needs of kids remotely. And today, this is our effort to continue to try to do that as best we can from our own homes. Um, I'm going to introduce our superintendent of schools who will get us kicked off. And then we're going to talk about um, phase two. We just hit the go button um, and distributed that to your inbox in the last 15 minutes. Um, it is our remote learning plan as we continue um, to not be able to be in our buildings until at least May 4th. And with that, superintendent of schools, Bruce Gearing. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us a little bit this afternoon. And uh, Corey, I don't believe for a minute that those are just utilitarian. I think you really do like the look of those. So uh, with that said, you know, I was looking at that slide that Corey put up there, and that was so uh, pre-BCV, I think is what we have to call it, before coronavirus, that, that handshake and, and all that personal contact and now I find myself sitting all day long in front of this computer talking to a machine and uh, it just doesn't feel right so I'm certainly hopeful that very soon we'll be over the worst of this and that this doesn't drag on for months to come um, because I really do believe in connections and relationships and that is the most important thing and we want to be sure that we continue that with our students and with our faculty and and with our families as we as we work through these challenges. These are absolutely unprecedented times. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And uh, we're having to be innovative and creative and invent ourselves every morning when we wake up to make sure that we get through the challenges that face us each day. So I am thrilled with the work that Leander ISD is doing. The team has stepped up to the plate you're going to hear from some of our folks today about the incredible work that's going on to make sure that we stay connected to our students, make sure that we are meeting basic needs across the board, um, and that we are creating a sense of belonging, even though we're not able to be in the same room as each other. And so I hope you enjoy this little bit of time with us today, um, that you get some answers to your questions, but that you also have a little bit of fun with us. And with that, I turn it back to you, Corey. Bruce, we're going to ask a couple of questions. Obviously, last night was a big night. We had a special called meeting of our school board, um, and they took some action. Again, this was our third Zoom meeting, meeting remotely as we continue to practice social distancing to help flatten the curve, support our medical community, and the health and well-being of the greater Austin area, Texas, and the nation and beyond. Um, Bruce, you want to give um, people who might not have um, been able to catch up on all the news. What were the action steps of the board? And then let's have Dr. Bentz and our teaching and learning team um, give some more details about um, the work that went into making the proposal that the board eventually approved. Yeah, thanks, Corey. I have to say um, it, it's been incredible to watch our team stand up board meetings that are remote um, right off the bat. Uh, as you said, we've already had three of those board meetings, and I want to send a huge thank you to our board of trustees who are working exceptionally hard behind the scenes, making really difficult decisions um, that they have no basis for. There's no precedent to say this is how we should be doing this. And so they're being brave, they're being courageous, um, they're making strong decisions, and, and that is going to benefit our kids in the long run. Um, so last night at the board meeting, um, we did three things, essentially. Uh, the first thing we did was um, consider uh, the fact that our employees have been on emergency services right now in the last two weeks. And what that means is that we, when we first closed school, we didn't exactly understand what that meant. 
Um, and so we said we do need to pay all of our employees and the board did a great job in approving a resolution to allow us to do that. Uh, we also said that if we're paying all employees, but some employees are doing um, active work for us, for instance, our child nutrition staff, then we need to be paying those employees premium pay, um, which was a time and a half in order to make sure that they um, understood that they were doing work above and beyond what we were asking others to do. Um, as we come further into this process, uh, we know that we have to bring all of our employees back to work to meet the needs of all of our students. And so starting on April 6th, the board approved last night that all employees will return to work, but remotely. Um, so they won't be at work in person in our buildings, but they will certainly be uh, working uh, from Zoom meetings, uh, doing things remotely via uh, digital means um, and uh, you know, on lots of Zoom calls. And that allows us to continue to do the necessary work that we have without having to pay premium pay anymore. Um, the second thing that we did was consider GPA and uh, class rank calculations and how we're gonna deal with those going forward as we move into phase two of our learning plan. Um, and I'm gonna allow Matt Benz and Steve Clark to expand on that in a little bit after this. And the last thing that the board approved last night um, was just a, an amendment to the big resolution that we took a couple of weeks ago, um, delegating authority to the superintendent to make decisions should the board not be able to meet for some reason, um, but just making sure that any waivers that we approve during this process, that we take those back to the board for ratification um, as soon as possible after they've been made. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Dr. Benz, and I'm sure he has some news to share with us about uh, the instructional plan and phase two of that, and also uh, what both GPA and, and class rank calculations mean for the district. All right, so why don't we hit the plan for phase two first. Good evening, everybody. And it's great to be here tonight. So um, like Corey said, I guess about 20 minutes ago now, a parent uh, update 17 went out, I think it's 17, and a letter to parents went out explaining what to expect with phase two, uh, which starts this Monday. Um, we're also putting the finishing touches on a parent resource hub, which will also launch Monday, and this will be a great resource to parents uh, with this new normal of remote learning. Uh, so, so we developed a teacher hub, uh, which is a one, also a teacher hub along with a parent resource hub, which is a one-stop shop for our teachers uh, for resources and professional learning opportunities. So here's what's going on with phase two. Um, we, we are talking new learning, and we are talking about students uh, and assignments and submitting work evidence and having teachers give feedback. We, uh, our team at Teaching and Learning narrowed the remaining curriculum down that's left for the rest of the year uh, down to those essential nuggets of knowledge and the, the skills students will need to know as they move on to the next grade level or the course. Uh, we've made recommendations for the number of minutes that should be spent in core courses, in elective courses, in K, you know, in pre-K classrooms and all that. Um, we have provided guidance for delivery of instruction and learning experiences, activities, performance tasks, digital resources to use, and learning extensions. Special programs, uh, this will look different too. We're focused on providing a continuity of services and with intentional plans that are being made to meet the individual needs of students. So at this point, I, that's just kind of an overview, but I would love to have some of my teaching and learning colleagues that are on this esteemed panel uh, jump in right now for filling any of the gaps that I missed. So I don't think that we had any gaps missed. My name is Jennifer Collins and I'm the executive director for Curriculum and Leander and I'm super proud of our team. So I just wanna give a couple of shout outs. Our curriculum teams have been working really hard They've been partnering with instructional coaches and classroom teachers across departments, working with principals. It's just been a huge effort across the entire system and I just couldn't be prouder of our teams and the work that they've been doing to prepare resources for our teachers to be able to start pushing out phase two on Monday, April 6th. I would also like to add to that for special programs. Um, our teachers have been working really hard to create individualized plans for each and every student in our system. We've gotten lots of questions about what does phase two look like for my kids that receive related service 
resources or um, resource instruction, uh, what is that support going to look like? So right now, as we speak, um, all day long um, in the coming couple of days, our special ed staff is creating individualized lesson plans for every student based on their IEP. So we're looking at IEP goals, we're looking at the services that they receive. We will be providing um, Zoom instruction, we'll be providing resources for students to practice and continue their learning. Um, so, you know, we've been asked the question, is speech therapy going to be happening? Yes, um, our speech teachers are thrilled to begin to work with students, as are all of our special program staff. Um, so we are looking forward to that. Um, you know, as Dr. Bent says, we are um, providing a continuity of services. We recognize this is going to look different from home. Um, we know that our families are balancing being parents as well as working. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of our students and keeping all of that in mind. Um, our general ed staff and our special program staff are working collaboratively to make sure that we have great plans for kids. So lots of work coming. Um, you will hear about those plans before um, or on Monday, April the 6th. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to go ahead and we're going to have more sharing, but I definitely want to be able to take as many questions just for those watching at home. Um, we're going to spend the top of the meeting and our broadcast here today talking about the teaching and learning plan. We will answer all of the questions. We're getting some other questions in as well um, towards the end um, to kind of space this out. We want to focus this on phase two and the remote learning plan and the action by the board last night. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a first question about scheduling and it is specifically for middle school and high school so dr benz i'll let you or someone from your team take out the question comes what will the online schedule look like for middle and high school students jennifer you know i don't want to hog all the airtime, so why don't you answer that question i can just tell you flexibility is the key and to take care of our families yeah, so um, our principals have been working really hard with teachers um, over the last few days just trying to draft out some schedules to figure out what it's going to look like. For our students at high school who are um, used to an A day, B day type of schedule, we are going to try to stick to a schedule like that. So for our students in high school, um, their A day classes will be pushing out content on Mondays that will be due on Wednesday, and then their B day classes will be pushing out content on Tuesdays. That will be due on Thursdays and then Fridays each week is going to be a day for um, catching up on assignments or an ability for teachers to reach out to individual students who may not have mastered that content so Friday is our day for continuous improvement and continued learning um, on an as-needed basis for students so that's what we know about high school um, middle school of course has a little bit different flexibility we're probably going to see a lot more assignments pushed out at the beginning of the week and then do later on in the week but our high school our middle schools do have some flexibility for that. Um, at our elementary levels, I know that each campus is kind of approaching things in a different way. I'd just like to add that our, our focus will be on something called asynchronous learning. That was a new vocabulary word for me in the last week and a half. And the idea behind asynchronous learning is that it, we will not, we'll minimize the amount of time that students have to be online in front of the computer at a specific time. So teachers uh, will be videotaping lessons, videotaping greetings, and then having a, a different time during the day when office hours, if you will, or time when uh, students can reach out and, and get questions answered and things like that. But we know that families have multiple kids that uh, may be needing to get on computers and during the day to do work for classes. We also know that most of us are working from home. And so I, I know my family was not prepared to, you know, we don't have five laptops just laying around for everybody to get online. And if we did, as some of our, some of our, my own colleagues have found out the bandwidth uh, issue becomes, you know, quite challenging. And as we do Zoom meetings like this, you see somebody freeze up on the screen and then they have to get off and go tell their kid they can't do their homework right now because they need to be on the meeting. So we wanna be as flexible as possible with the timing that your students will be able to, to do the work. 
in special programs, um, we will be focusing on asynchronous learning, but we will also be, have some opportunities for synchronous learning. Um, so our therapies um, and any small group instruction that will be live through Zoom or another video conferencing method, um, those will be scheduled with you to make sure that it's a, a great time for the student and a great time for you as well as the teacher. Um, so there will be some live instruction um, when it comes to special programs. Thanks for clarifying that, Kimber clarifying that Kimberly, because that is a really important point. Okay, we're getting a couple questions about grading and course advancement. So I'm gonna try to lump these all together and then I'm gonna put on the screen um, the impact of the resolution, um, just so everyone can read that the board adopted to modify local policy temporarily regarding classing, class rank, GPA and grading. Um, so I'm gonna read a couple of these questions together because I feel like they go together and then I'll let Dr. Benz, Jennifer, we have our Director of Counseling, Steve Clark, on the line as well to be able to kind of facilitate some of these discussions. Um, there's a question about, is our current students going to be accept, ex expected to repeat the same grade level next year? Um, is everyone going to be passing this year? How is it going to work? Um, GPA concerns, how are GPA concerns going to be handled? Um, We'll kind of, kind of lump those in together into, I think, uh, some sharing about um, about grading. And I'm going to let Dr. Benz take over while I put up our bullet points from our graphic of what the board action was last night. Sure. So um, I'll let, whoa, my screen's just bouncing all over the place. I'll let somebody else talk about some of the particulars. I just, you know, there are so many variables that are coming into play here that we need to consider. Um, I just talked about a few of the challenges that might be going on in, in a home. People whose uh, parents are, are still able to work or are still needing to work, maybe as uh, first responders, as police officers, physicians in the hospitals helping people, they may be at home, are, some of those kids may be at home uh, watching their little brothers and sisters. Uh, the connectivity issues we talked about, our teachers, they're not online instructors. They kind of, they're getting better now. They are awesome. They are rising to the challenge, and they have been positive throughout this whole thing. And I can't say enough about them, but they do need time to adjust. And so we really want to make this environment uh, focused on student learning, focused on learning those essential skills that students are going to need to promote to the next grade level or to be prepared for the next course in the sequence. So as you can see um, in, the, in the resolution that was passed last night, uh, we will be functioning under a pass and incomplete. We're not doing, some people are, are looking at pass fail. We're not doing a pass fail because we are not going to give up on our kids. Um, there are some students we know, we've, we've run the data that we're um, struggling academically even before the closure, and we don't want the closure to be an obstacle to them being able to earn their credits. So with those students, we built, will be working individually on a case-by-case -case basis to, um, to do everything we can to get those uh, students who are struggling and, and, and failing in some cases uh, into a place of academic standing where they will be able to um, earn their credits. Uh, also, at the high school level, we did, um, we did make a decision to cut off the, the GPA and ranking after the third six weeks. That was at the end of the fall semester. And I'm gonna let Steve Clark get online and talk a little bit to you, with you here about uh, the reasons for that and why that was uh, an essential decision um, to ensure that we had equity across our system. Sure, and hello. Um, you know, uh, first I'll give a little bit of a history of how GPA is calculated in the past. And so our current board policy requires that we calculate GP at the end of our first semester, second semester, and at the end of our summer term as well. And so <clears throat> those are based on full semester grades that have been completed. Um, we do one final semester, or, or excuse me, GPA calculation to determine final rank for our seniors after the fifth, six weeks, and that is to determine our final 
standing of our Val style uh, students at each high school level in our top 10, our final top 10 students. Um, so what we've done is we've suspended this temporarily. Uh, we're going to not include grades that are earned this semester only. So spring of 20 semester only. Those grades will never be included in our GPA calculation. Um, it is important to remember that our students will still earn state credits, so they can earn those towards graduation. Um, so but those credits will not be used to calculate the GPA in, in years coming forward. So for our current seniors, their final GPA was at the end of uh, December 2019 when they ended that semester and we calculated the GPA uh, and posted that. So their GPA has been calculated. Though. So that's finalized. For our coming grades, the classes of 21, 22, 23, you know, as they move forward, the grades that they earn this semester will never be included. The pass and incomplete, those grades are already excluded from GPA calculation. Um, so what this will do, uh, it will allow them to remove the, the focus on grades and focus strictly on the learning and demonstrating mastery and proficiency of the learning targets with their teacher and uh, really, it's an opportunity then for our students to have multiple ways to demonstrate proficiency. Um, so we also, for students that transfer in to the, uh, so if a student moves in with grades from another state or another district that did post uh, numeric grades, uh, those will also be excluded. So they will not be able to have uh, an advantage against this, or, uh, advantage over students that are currently in our system. So all districts calculate GPA and rank a little bit differently. And so it's hard to say that one is better than the other. And so no matter how we calculate GPA and rank, there's always going to be someone who loves the way we calculate it. And there might be some who do not like the way we calculate it. But we feel like the best way to address this strange time that we're in um, with our learning from home and distance learning opportunities is to be fair and consistent and just end the grade calculation at for this year in December of 2019 so our first semester and never include these grades uh, in coming grade calculations. Um, Steve I'm going to ask a follow-up question it was something that came up in the board meeting last night um, as a person who's been not only the director of counseling here for a district of 42,000 kids but also a former lead high school counselor um, what do you think the impact of this will be on um, college admission? That was something that was definitely asked, especially in how it compares with, with other school districts and what they may or may not do. You know, I think this is a worldwide um, impacting not only our state and nation, but the world. And so I think we're all going to remember this for a few years um, by the time our students go on to apply for college. So I don't see it negatively impacting them. As a matter of fact, uh, we had an email from a college administrator saying today, you know, within Texas that happened to be watching our board live last night that, you know, it's, we understand where we are in this time. And so I, and many colleges and universities have also gone to a pass fail or a pass incomplete model um, as well. Um, and when you look at um, the top 10% and the top 25%, that is, uh, that's calculating and comparing our students to just their campus students. So it's not comparing them to another district or to another um, school within our district. It's just the students of Glenn or Vandegrift or whichever high school that you're at. So um, maintaining this consistency of uh, how we rank is gonna, uh, should not impact them uh, as well. We are exploring ways to note this on the transcript that this is not included in GPA and rank. Um, if we can't get it on the transcript, we will definitely have it on our uh, school profiles for the next couple of years that this has been uh, excluded from GPA and rank. Additionally, Corey, um, you know, the courses are going to be on there. So if a student's in an AP or an IB course, that's still going to be noted as an AP and IB course. So the universities can notice that a student took advantage of higher level learning coursework. Um, and uh, challenge themselves. So that's always going to be on the student transcript. Just um, one more point, Steve, right? That uh, seniors have applied for college already and they took that third week's uh, 
GPA and ran with it and used it in their applications. And so this really shouldn't impact college application processes at all for our seniors. Am I correct in, in thinking that? For the vast majority of our students, actually many of them applied with the GPA that they earned at the end of their junior year, um, the sixth semester uh, rank, because many of the colleges, the initial deadline is December 1st. Now, yes, there are some universities out there that have later deadlines, but the primor primarily December 1 is the primary cutoff for our applications where the majority of our students go. So, uh, yes. Thank you, Steve. And either I just, the, go ahead. No, I just want, I just want everybody to know that we did not make this decision lightly and Steve and I did not make this decision alone. There was so much deliberation that went into it and with our, with all of our counselors and with our principals, and I just want everybody out there listening to know that every single one of our high school principals, um, just, it was unanimous that this was the best decision and the, the most equitable decision uh, to move forward and maintain a focus on learning uh, for the spring semester. So just thought that would be important to point out that the, this, this really did rise up um, through the principles, and we support it completely. So next kind of a couple questions. We're going to kind of try to get through as many of these as we can, and then we're going to do a little bit of the have fun component of this before we come back and answer more questions. Um, but we have a, a slew of questions that I definitely want to bring to the forefront um, because I know this was big on our messaging and our decisioning, and it's about the idea of, um, students who have incompletes, students who struggled in the first semester, um, who, students who might have an incomplete coming in um, with the second semester, students who maybe struggled and needed the second semester to be able to earn credit. Um, Dr. Benz, do you want to talk about, um, or Jennifer, whoever wants to chime in on here, um, just wave your hand and, and we can see it and put you on, whoever wants to respond. Any information about supporting students who needed the second semester to earn credit um, and to be able to, um, to do the things they need to be able to do. Sure, I feel like you should mute my mic after this, Corey, and maybe even turn off my, my video. To be fair, you are the chief academic officer, so I, I, I think it's okay that you're talking well, a lot. And I don't know how much to repeat because I did chat about this just a minute ago. Um, our goal is that every single one of those students will earn credit. And so we are going to, our, our campus principals and the counselors on each campus is committed, as are we, to um, really looking at each student individually. And for those students that are struggling academically um, or you know, may have been failing before the closure and really needed to get those uh, continuous improvement strategies and some really focused tutoring and support to earn their credit, we are working on a case-by-case -case basis to make sure that they are going to get what they need, all the tools, all the support that they need to have, that po have the potential, the greatest potential possible to earn that credit. So um, I'm happy to reiterate that again because that is so important to us. And that goes for the elementary as well. We want to make sure that all of our students are learning what they need to know. And that's why we really combed through the curriculum and Jennifer's team combed through the curriculum so carefully to make sure that we had those, um, the, the, the standards, those like power standards that, from the TEKS that we know if it kids in second grade that they're gonna need this for third grade and make sure that we are really focusing on those essential standards um, moving into the next grade level. Also understanding that we have a great uh, response to intervention, RTI process and structure in place with support personnel um, to help with any types of learning or skill gaps that we discover or identify when students do enter that next grade in the fall. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop off this question now because we have two more big questions that I want to hit before we move on to our to our game and to our fun, and then we'll come back and answer more questions at the end. So please continue to submit. Um, I'm gonna kind of lump a couple um, special education 504 accommodation questions 
um, here together. But first, I'm going to go and talk about, um, ask some of the questions that are related to special programs um, uh, being in CTE and some of our um, other advanced programs and, and dual credit options. So uh, this one's going to go to Krista Carlene our new Assistant Superintendent of Pathways and Innovation. Krista, um, what is CTE going to look like, particularly some of those hands-on CTE courses like welding and auto tech? Um, are the specific examples from the question? And then if you can also touch on, there's questions about uh, dual credit ACC courses, UT on ramps specifically. Um, if you're the, the master of those two domains, so if you can go ahead and take both of those together, that'd be great. My team's the master of those. I just help be the voice for them. And so um, Camille Clay and Jamie Everett have been working very hard uh, with our CTE teachers over the last few weeks. Um, our, of course, the teachers want to make sure that our students can continue their learning. And so they have been participating in PLC conversations and reaching out to their students as well. And so while some of the CTE courses may look a little different, um, what they are doing is they're working with those teachers to see how can we continue the learning as remote learning. Um, for those students who may have been ready to do some certifications, um, what they are planning on doing is they are committing right now to continuing to work towards those certifications, even if that means we have to work through them into the summertime. And so, um, so that's what we are looking at right now. And so your teachers will be reaching out to you with more specifics on the changes to your learning plan. Um, now that we are remote learning, because it will look different than um, some of the hands-on that you are doing inside uh, the classrooms on our campuses. Um, as far as our advanced academics courses, like um, some dual credit and some on-ramps courses, and so um, I know Jennifer um, gave an explanation of what some of the high school schedule may look like. It may differ for those two, if you're in one of those courses. If you're in a dual credit course with ACC, then you began your online coursework this week. So you should have received an email from your teachers there and were able to get online to begin your online coursework um, starting Monday. Um, you will continue that through the spring and um, I believe this summer as well, ACC is moving online. So if anyone was planning on taking a dual credit course this summer, you will be doing that online. Um, be checking your ACC email because that is the primary mode of communication. Um, for your uh, for your teachers uh, or on ramps on ramps will continue your high school teachers will be partnering with your professors you need to be checking your canvas regularly because that's going to be the primary mode of communication for on ramps um, you may see a bit more um, communication there and a different type of learning that you might be expected to do because it is a dual enrollment course which means you have the option to take that college credit and so you will need to be able to check that regularly to get information from your professor, both your college professor and your high school teacher. Um, your high school class would work much like what we are choosing to do with all the others as far as pass and complete. And then your college uh, credit and coursework would be um, uh, given to you by your college professor from UT. Okay, and we'll go to Kimberly um, on this question. Um, there's questions about students who receive special services um, going through um, I have a child that was supposed to be tested for disability services and then all this happened what can I do to reach out to our Leander ISD teams to make sure that the student doesn't fall through the cracks we'll take that one real quick and then um, there's one more 504 question that I definitely want to make sure we get to before we transition okay that's a great question um, so starting Monday, we will move into phase two. So we've gotten a lot of questions about, um, you know, I haven't had anybody reach out to me or, you know, we've been in phase one. And so those are just practice activities. Starting on Monday is phase two. So that's when we um, will have all of the individualized plans ready to go for each of your students. Um, and so the evaluation timeline also starts back up on Monday. So if your student was already in the process of receiving an evaluation, we will be reaching out to you directly um, so that we can talk with you and, and work on a plan on what's gonna work best for your student. So if your student was already starting um, in the evaluation and assessment process, we're gonna pick that right back up together um, so that we can continue to meet the needs of your student. So that is um, starting on Monday as well. 
And real quick, Kimberly, just to uh, to hit this one too, um, a question came in. My son has a 504 plan. How do we get his accommodations for work at home? Um, you can reach out to your 504 coordinator on your campus or your teachers will have that as well. Um, just as our IEP plans, our 504 plans are in effect also. Um, you know, there are some accommodations that are better suited for the classroom versus at home, but we do want to make sure that students can be successful at home. So if you need those plans, reach out to your staff. Um, our teachers, as they are planning for students that are on a 504 plan or receive IEP services, um, we are working with uh, gen ed teachers as well to provide those accommodations and provide resources for students while they're working out. All right, and we will continue to take questions. We'll answer questions here, but we're going to transition to the fun part of Let's Talk, Have Fun, and Learn with Bruce and Friends. And we're going to do a Kahoot. Kahoots are popular games in our classrooms um, and in our professional learning. Um, so in modeling the things that people are used to doing in our classrooms, we thought it would be cool to Kahoot with y'all. Can y'all see my screen? Awesome. So I'm gonna ask our panelists to unmute and we're gonna Kahoot together. Y'all can join us in our Kahoot. This is going to be a short trivia game, three questions. We're gonna talk about mindfulness. Um, obviously our hearts go out to all of our community as we are all dealing with being cooped up and wearing all the hats that everyone's wearing. And mindfulness has been something that has caught on, um, especially in some of our elementary schools as we've continued to implement social and emotional learning across all of our schools. We got some people joining. This is my first adventure hosting a Kahoot. So as always, please bear with me as we try new things. I will prompt our panel to help respond to these questions and get their ideas. So question one, which one of these is not a tip for coping with cabin fever? Panelists, do you have any thoughts? Blue. Any thoughts by the panelists? Are we having mic problems? We all said blue. Blue. Which is what I make my team do all day. So it's really good. <laughs> yes, we spend a lot of time on Zoom. Here. All right. I don't know exactly what's going on out there. I'm trying to see. I have the dog barking behind me because the groceries are here. But it looks like we had some people give answers. Nobody is telling me. I muted myself. I couldn't hear anybody. Y'all were talking and I was talking over top of you that whole time, wasn't I? Yep. Hey, we need to get some people from out in the, in the community on this Kahoot here. We need more participation in the Kahoot. My dog is barking in the background as the groceries are being delivered to our house to refill the animal crackers. Our scoreboard, Kohler, <laughs> coming, in coming in strong. Second question, which one of these is not a kid's yoga move? Again, the question is, which one of these is not a kid's yoga move? Does anybody have any guesses from the panel? Green. Green. You don't think the kids are doing Fortnite? Oh, they are doing Fortnite, but it's not a pose. You gotta move, right? All right, the, pe the people got that right. Uh, yoga, you will see in our elementary schools frequently, we have some great passionate teachers who, um, who like to bring in their own learning and expertise into the classroom. And uh, hopefully, if you're needing a stretch, there might be some resources for kids at home. All right. Is Kohler still on top? Coming on strong. It is tainted, though. Full transparency. Mr. Kohler, help me put together the Kahoot quiz. <laughs> so I think we automatically have to remove him. Disqualified. From this. The third and final question. RAIN is an acronym for a practice specifically geared to ease emotional confusion and suffering. What is the acronym? Let's go Steiner Moms. 
Woo! You got this. I do not have it. Anybody have any guesses? Red. We got a guess for triangle or red. No idea. Blue. It was red. Oh, red. Oh, thank you. Man, that would have been the separator. Brucey. Brucey rises to the top. Let's see. This was the one question Mr. Kohler did not help on. So let's see if he got it right. Brucey in number three. VHS mom in number two. VHS and mom. Taint, and the tainted win. <laughs> but he only got two. Three. Well, I didn't think he'd participate, to be fair. I didn't think he'd participate. <laughs> All right, we do have one more bit of fun later today um, as part of our program and a maybe not so much of a surprise, surprise guest. Um, obviously, the big news outside of Leander ISD that totally impacts us and how we operate yesterday was Governor Greg Abbott closing school buildings through May 4th. Um, a couple questions that I think I can kind of skim off the top here related to the school closure. Man, I think everybody on this panel feels for our seniors um, and feels for our students who are missing out on so many amazing milestones and events this spring. Um, we're closed at least until May 4th. We don't know what this thing is. Um, what this thing is going to bring. There's lots of different research that shows maybe the peak isn't coming until um, May for Texas. Um, we continue to monitor it closely and make the best decisions that we can for our um, for our communities, for our schools, and we definitely feel it's a tough time out there. Bruce, do you have any thoughts? This was one suggestion or one comment. Um, any ideas about the district having opportunities to either make up or have some of these milestones available. We had things mentioned, you know, doing rescheduling graduations for later in the summer, doing prom, hosting proms and kindergarten commencements um, later when maybe this thing is is cleared out. Do you have any thoughts on what that might look like to to let? Yeah, certainly I can make some some guesses about what might happen. Um, I. I put these out there with a the caveat that I have no earthly idea what's going to happen tomorrow, never mind uh, in June or July, but we are making plans um, with our high school principals and counselors to plan for alternative graduation dates. And so John Graham is already connected to Cedar Park Center um, to try to find alternative dates for both June and July, um, just to be on the safe side. Um, I suspect June will be too early for those if we remain closed to the end of the school year. Um, but there is a possibility that we could do some of those in July. So we're taking the, the steps to make sure we secure facilities um, in order to have those ceremonies if, if students and families are still interested in doing that in, in June or July. Um, as for other activities throughout the K-12 spectrum, um, we really are gonna have to play those by ear. We would, of course, like, if at all possible, to open our schools again and try to finish out the year with a bang um, and, and give our students some of those opportunities. Uh, but we will put the safety of our students and our faculty first, and we will listen very carefully to what uh, other agencies, and particularly the state, uh, is telling us is safe. Um, and so we will be following that closely. We are gonna to try to give people as much notice as possible one way or the other. So um, we know now that we're closed until May 4th, um, but as soon as we find out more information, we're gonna to try to share that with the public as quickly as possible in order to allow them to make plans as they head into um, the rest of the spring. There's a question about school going past the last day of May 29th. Right now, um, TEA is telling us as long as we're providing instruction, they will grant any waivers. So we, at this point, and granted news is changing daily, we do not anticipate having to make up days at the end of the school year. Um, we anticipate that this remote learning will be, so, uh, will be um, to meet the requirements of what TEA is asking for us, and we definitely in this room feel very strongly that we're going above and beyond because we feel our kids deserve it to provide those learning opportunities throughout, um, even while we're out of our classrooms and schools. Um, 
there was another question. I know John's not on the line. So typically we have our some of our school support team here. They are all getting ready for our device distribution. Um, for those who haven't had a chance to check their email or look at the Facebook feed, we announced an update 17 of our COVID response. Um, the phase two of our teaching and learning plan, our remote learning plan, our remote working protocols for April 6th and beyond. Um, included in that was our plans for our technology distribution for kids in grades K through 5. Um, as many of you know, we're very blessed in Lander ISD to have a one-to-one -one initiative where students in grades 6 through 12 have access to a laptop computer um, that they get to take home and have with them. Um, being able to get distribution out of uh, Chromebooks will happen for elementary school students next week in the information on our website you could access the date and times of campuses on as to when that's going to happen for students that need it um, need it most another question that John would have been good to answer and I'm gonna let Bruce take because um, when John's not here Bruce you got to take the tough questions I'm sorry you hired him for a reason but he's he is busy working right now and probably sweating carrying carts of uh, Chromebooks to get ready um, the question is concerning having stuff left in school. Will students or teachers have an opportunity to retrieve the stuff that uh, may have been left in school, especially now that our closure has been prolonged? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, just a couple of things about that. Uh, our custodial staff has now almost 100% completed the deep clean of our schools. Um, and so we're trying to keep them clean if at all possible. The minute somebody enters those buildings, um, somebody has to go back behind them to make sure that we uh, get rid of any virus that might have been transmitted that way. So that's the reason that our buildings are locked down as tight as they are right now, um, especially as we head into what's going to be the peak of, of our pandemic in this area in the next couple of weeks. Um, we do realize that there are students who have band instruments, there are teachers who have personal items, there are um, various different other items that need to be collected from schools at some point in time. We are making plans to make that happen um, and we will uh, you know, communicate that as soon as we have a, have a timeline on when that can happen. Um, we hope that will be fairly soon in the next couple of weeks. We're focused right now, as you said, on device distribution next week um, and we'll uh, you know, manage all of that and then we'll be working on making sure we get other um, artifacts back to people that they need. So I know we've touched on a lot on this a little bit, but we've had people coming in and out of our live stream. Um, and I'm going to kind of lump these questions together. Um, we haven't asked this question, but I know y'all have touched on this and it's probably going to be Jennifer uh, as our respondent. I think people are really wanting to know as a parent, like what's it going to look and feel like next week? We have questions about Google Classroom, um, assignments, expectations. I know we've answered some of these questions, but if we could just hit home for people who might be tuning in um, later in the broadcast. Um, Jennifer, if you could ask, like what's it gonna feel like for a student and a, and a parent and what is communication and expectations, assignments, those general like school work day things gonna look like for, for kids and families? Yeah, so the first thing I want to say is that we know that there is no way that we can replicate what would have happened inside of our classrooms, outside classrooms. We know that it's not going to be exactly the same experience for our students, and we do not expect our parents at home to be able to replicate the, um, the teaching and learning experience for our students. But what we do want to do is to provide opportunities for our students to have learning at home. So Dr. Bentz used the term asynchronous learning, so we'll talk a little bit about that again. Um, asynchronous learning means that different, um, hello, Corey Ryan's little friend. <laughs> asynchronous learning means that um, our students will be presented with some content at the front part of the week that will be due at the back part of the week. For anyone that may have taken some online college courses before, maybe a professor pushes something out on a Monday that's due on a Friday. So it's that type of learning experience that we're thinking about for our students, which means that could students could be learning um, during the typical school day hours from eight o'clock until four o'clock, but it also means that students could do things like read a book before they go to bed and that would count for the types of work that the uh, students are being asked to do. So asynchronous learning that would um, fit a schedule that works best for the families. We do expect assignments to be pushed out from the teachers at the beginning part of the week and then that 
students would turn those in at the back part of the week and then teachers will be providing feedback to students. The different tools that they're going to use may differ based on the ages of students. Our secondary students are very used to using Google Classroom. We would anticipate Google Classroom remaining a major tool. Some of our elementary campuses also use Google Classroom but um, may also see tools like Seesaw um, being used to communicate back and forth. All right, so for those at home, thank you, Jennifer, for answering that question. In the middle of that response, I had a little guest join me, and I think the the key is we're calling them coworkers now, right? When we have our co-space, <laughs> this is my this is my coworker here, Oliver, and he's gonna Hi, help Oliver. me. You want to wave to the people at people out there in Facebook? You know, touch my funky microphone. Put his hand in his mouth. We definitely can't take this kid out in public. Um. So I think we're almost done answering questions that we have. There's questions about security issues regarding Zoom. We have information on our COVID-19 webpage, um, FAQs about Zoom and how to change Google, get access to Google Classroom. If you're having troubles with that, there's ways to submit tickets and to get support in that regard. Um, I think we're going to pass it off real quick. Um, so our Director of Health Services is here, Kristen Wicketts. And as this is a global health crisis, we're gonna ask Kristen to give some general tips and advice for, um, uh, for families at home. Um, and then we're gonna pass it off to Bruce to finish us off. <laughs> Someone is having a little with fun that, with that. That guy, that's hard to compete with him. Hi everybody, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I wanted to do a hello to everybody, all the students from the campus nurses. They asked that I give everybody a hello, so there it is. Um, one fun little fact um, I wanna share, and it seems simple and obvious, but the best way to pre prevent the illness is to avoid, avoid being exposed to the illness. Um, the stay at home and stay safe order was put into action last week for both Travis and Williamson County. And it states that you're only to perform what are deemed essential tasks when leaving your home, which is grocery shopping, going to and going to and from essential business and government services. Um, this is not a simple ask, and it's tough, um, but it's such a, an important part of being able to flatten that curve throughout our community. Um, so be that community superhero from your couch or behind your computer screen in your new office space. Um, and just stay home and stay safe if you can. Um, want to remind and encourage everyone to stay diligent with their 20-second hand washings. Um, keep covering those coughs and sneezes. Um, keep those frequently touched, high-point touch areas in your home clean. Um, and again, just stay home and stay safe as much as you can. Um, lastly, this has been a super stressful um, time of time in everybody's life. Um, so take a moment and take time every day if you can to do some self-care. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Kristen. And thank you to all of our medical community watching at home. Um, Y'all are on the, the front lines of this. And part of the reason why we're doing this is to make sure that we support our healthcare workers. I mean, flattening the curve is to help them stay afloat and help uh, our healthcare system keep on going. So thank you to all of our nurses, doctors, everyone who helps keep us well. Um, we have a special guest who's going to be our end, a surprise special guest, and I'll introduce him. But I do want to give our superintendent the floor real quick to leave some um, to leave some final notes. I think we're all still friends. This was pretty, this was pretty friendly, and we hope we're still friends with y'all. Um, Bruce, what are some final thoughts taking us into you know another week and into phase two? Yeah, thanks, Corey, and and really, I just want to say thanks to Corey for putting activities like this together for us that keep us connected to each other that keep us connected to you as a community you know we can't see you right now but um, we feel your presence out there and and it's really important to us that we stay connected to you as much as possible um, I, I think we have a huge opportunity here to do things differently and as george Kuras says changes that opportunity to do something amazing and i as a family i will tell you that um for the first time in a very long time, we're sitting together and eating meals together. We're praying together. We're doing things that, because of our hectic, crazy schedules before now, and that was not just my work or my wife's work, or but the kids' schedules too. Um, school is a very demanding uh, place to be, uh, and 
for a time now, we have an opportunity to live life a little differently. And so I urge you to take that opportunity seriously and really, you know, enjoy those moments like Corey just had with Ollie. Uh, but those, those times rush by us uh, faster than we think. And so I urge you to really just slow down, take a mindful moment, take this opportunity to look at your life and, and say, what are the most important things and, and what should we be doing? And if today that's not doing schoolwork, then okay, that, that may be the right thing to do. Um, we urge you at some point in time to take the learning seriously. We're offering you incredible opportunities to do some amazing learning um, and you get to do it differently. You get to do it without the weight of a grade or without the accountability of a star test or a, an AP test and uh, so take that opportunity to really dive deep into the learning and do some things differently than you would normally have done. Um, I don't want to get in the way of our special guest, so I'm going to cut it off there and let you proceed, Corey. Thank you. So bef before I thank you, uh, Dr. Gearing, we definitely are feeling, uh, feeling all the feels right now. Um, before I introduce our special guest and give you some context as to why we, uh, we brought a special guest on to uh, emphasize the fun component of our program. Um, I do want to th say thank you to a couple people. Um, Garrett Dollar is helping us do our broadcast. Um, Daniel Cernero is our questions moderator here. There are so many people who have been um, going above and beyond. We would be remiss to not give a special shout out to our food service team. Um, our child nutrition service staff have delivered over 24,000 meals um, to students over the course. Hope Austin has been our nonprofit partner providing backpack the kids to get to the weekend continuing on with that um, all of the people all of the teachers I could go on and on and, and just thanking everybody so listening is a big thing that we're trying to be mindful of and be better at as a school district for this in this entire year I'd say that's been a theme generally and the people asked for something they asked for a certain principal who apparently on his campuses has a reputation for giving phone messages with a little bit of a song so we're going to close this out and we're going to end with this. Please join me in welcoming to the virtual stage Danielson Middle School Principal Mark Kohler in his rendition of Shallows. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, team. Um, I don't see myself on there, but I guess am I on there, Corey? I am. All right. So if I'm on the screen, I guess here we go. I'd like to one, uh, also say thank you to all the CNS workers. I've had the privilege and, and honor of, of working alongside uh, our child nutrition services at Running Brushy a few times this last week. And a shout out to all my cafeteria ladies who have been working with me. Those guys are awesome, uh, amazing folks. Um, I'm Mark Kohler, and this is not an emergency, but this was requested by some, and I apologize for those who did not request this. Let me get ready. Got to get my Glenn High School hat. Ready to go. Uh, wear it like Coach Tinkfield asked me to wear it. Got my guitar. Here we go. Uh, get everything prepped. This song is uh, a duet between Corey and I, but because of social distancing, I will be playing both roles. Tell me something, Corey. Are you tired of this corona story? Do you need more? My social distancing is so hardcore. I'm zooming. In all the hours, I'm not homeschooling longing. For the days when halls were filled with kids that would listen to me, because mine won't. Here's Corey Ryan part. Hold on. Tell me something, Mark. I know you're ready for school to start. But we are blessed. Leander ISD teachers are best. 
then through me. Connecting across 43 schools and 200 square miles, delivering in this change. Stepping up to build, think, and create. We're off the deep end, we're at our wits end. We're going to flatten the curve. Challenge accepted, homeschool and Netflix. Quarantine with people you prefer. Leander ISD family. One big Leander ISD family. Hashtag one LISD family. We'll get through this together somehow. Thank you. God bless you. And back to you, Corey. Go Danielson. That's all we got today. Thank you all. Have a great, great evening.